0: Welcome to episode 19 of the Gamer Journal. I'm your host, Corey Foister. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at CoreyFoyster. That's C-O-R-E-Y-F-O-I-S-T-E-R. Follow the show on Facebook. That is facebook.com slash Jets. Keep up to date on everything I am doing with Soaring Jets Productions as well as subscribe to the YouTube channel that is Soaring Jet Productions on YouTube. And today, I want to do something a little bit different. I want to talk about the hardest-to-find toys each holiday season since 1983. I find this very interesting. And yeah, I know it's January, so depending on how you look at it, I'm either really early or really late, so, <laughs> but let's begin here. The first one is 1983, and it was Cabbage Patch Kids. Uh, you know, if you want, you can pause and kind of, like, guess which uh, what toy do you think it is, but the uh, Cabbage Patch Kids were first created in 1978, and by the early 80s, they were everywhere october nineteen eighty three Harold the star of the Cabbage patch Riot shoppers hopped from state to state and withstood freezing temperatures in line and fought each other in stores all to buy cabbage patch kid doll by nineteen eighty five The toy had six hundred million dollars in sales. Uh, that's really impressive here. I actually owned i think as a kid, I had one or two cabbage patch dolls. I was born in nineteen ninety so can't really remember too much of uh you know the well the eighties at all, <laughs> but uh my parents did get me a few eighties toys now in nineteen eighty four it was transformers. The toy truck and cars that could transform into robots were so popular that they spawned and animated television series in 1986 and a live-action movie series by Michael Bay that still is ongoing. So, Transformer was the hottest toy in 1984. I find this very interesting. For two years here, uh, 1985 and tied in 1986, it was Teddy Rupkin uh, talking Animal toys are a dime a dozen now, but Teddy Rupkin—I believe that I'm pronouncing that right—was uh, one of the originals. It had a cassette tape attached to its back that told stories and synchronized the audio with its moving lips. Yeah, that was a big, you know, uh, accomplishment—a big achievement to be able to do something like that. Never did own that. I've owned some Transformer stuff, of course, the Cabbage Patch dolls, but never had a Teddy uh, Rupkin, Rupkins, uh, never owned one of those. In 1986, it was Kush Balls. Uh, it, just a ball made with about 200,000 rubber strings. People went crazy over it, and now there are more than 500 Kush products. From keychains to yo yo's if you don't know what they are, they're really soft and you know, has like a looks like a big furry like rubber thing. Uh you see on like in a dollar uh bin back then, I don't know what they retailed for. They couldn't have retailed for much more than what they go for today. Uh all kinds of different colors like red and orange and yellow and purple, just any color you can think of. But that was the hottest toy in 1986 now 1988 the nintendo entertainment system was the hottest toy Uh, the nintendo entertainment system revolutionized video games selling seven million units in 1988 the market for the nintendo entertainment system cartridges that year was also bigger than the entire computer software market for 1988. It also paved the way for subsequent Nintendo home consoles like the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 64. And I should mention Nintendo Entertainment System. Of course, it's a video game console now. We refer to the NES as a video game console, but this was right after the great video game crash of the early 80s and KB Toys wanted no part and selling video games. So Nintendo, what they did was package the Nintendo Entertainment System with Rob the Robot and mar- marketed the damn thing as a toy. So video games, it technically that was not a video game system. I mean, in today's term, yeah, it was totally a video game system. But Nintendo was smart. They were like, how do we get into the North America market? How do we get into the American market we market the thing as a toy and not a video game system. So that's how Rob the Robot, that's how that whole thing got started. Rob the Robot, uh, if you can, if you have one and it actually works, because a lot of, uh, from what I've heard, because I own a Nintendo inter- Entertainment System, but I do not own Rob the Robot because a lot of them have been broken. A lot of them were. Uh, Let's just say they were not durable. They did not last that long. A lot of them had a lot of problems with it. But Rob the Robot was not the selling point. The selling point was the actual console and, of course, the cartridges and selling more video games. The following year, Nintendo strikes gold again. In 1989, it was the Game Boy. Nintendo had another hit on its hand with the Nintendo Game Boy, which quickly trounced every other handheld gaming console on the market nintendo sold more than 118 million units of the game boy and its successor the game boy color in their lifetimes. uh for anybody as old as me or even older you probably remember the little tiger electronic games uh it was just like a background a little black dot would be on it remember i had one of uh the Lion King, I had one of, I believe it was, the. Uh, maybe, uh, I'm trying to think of the other big, oh, Aladdin, uh, those two big Disney, I had like a few other one of like Bugs Bunny, uh, Tiger had a, one of those crappy, <laughs> you couldn't even see it in the dark and it would just go boop, 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 it would try to sing a song, but <clears throat> it it was pretty limited what it could do. Uh, but it's funny to see how, now we have smartphones, but back then, <laughs> I was looking at, uh, I have a tiger, actually in my closet right here, I have a tiger, uh, uh, NFL football, I forget the exact title of it, this was like from the mid-80s, and, uh, it's pretty cool, it's, it's fun to look back on, I mean, it's all crappy, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe anybody wanted to play that, but, uh, Nintendo Game Boy, that was a, definitely a surefire hit, And I should mention that, honestly, the greatest thing Nintendo did was making sure that Tetris was a launch title for the Game Boy because that sold the Game Boy like hotcakes because uh, that almost didn't happen because the whole Soviet Union. uh, Really interesting. uh, There's a, a YouTube channel out there called The Gaming Historian and he's doing this thing about... Uh, Tetris, I don't think it's out yet, but uh, go subscribe to that channel. a really great channel, and uh, he's going to be releasing something here soon about the uh, Tetris and the Game Boy and the history of it. But uh, a really smart move by Nintendo. Nintendo almost couldn't get it out because of the whole Soviet Union, rest of the world conflict, uh, of course Japan... Uh, was, uh, let's just say, not friendly with the Soviets, just like how America wasn't uh, friendly with the Soviets. But moving on, 1990, uh, Teenage Ninja Mutant uh, Turtles, action figures, I was really big into. Of course, I owned a Game Boy. I owned the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. Outside the Teddy Bear, I've owned uh, all of these on the list so far. But uh, I really got into uh, teenage uh, Ninja mutant turtles as well. In 1990, uh, teenage mutant Ninja turtles became a huge phenomenon. In the United States. The film version grossed more than 200 million at the box office. The toys dominated holiday season, selling more than 30 million toys before the end of the year. 1991, Nintendo's back yet again for a third time here. Uh, If the Nintendo Entertainment System was the defining home console of the 8-bit era, then Nintendo won again in the 16-bit era with the Super Nintendo. Over its lifetime, it sold more than 49 million units. So, once again, that's how Nintendo... I grew up a Sega fan. I grew up, for anybody who's listened to all these shows, you know how much I love Sega... But, uh I stood in line for the Super Nintendo Entertainment Classic Edition back in September, and I was probably and I'm you know I'm pushing thirty here, but I was the youngest person in line uh, getting the Super Nintendo, but I would argue that the Super Nintendo might have the best library of games of any Nintendo platform uh out there. Now, I really like Nintendo 64, Banjo Kazooie, all those great rare games, Conquer Bad Fur Day, Mario 64. Uh, but it's between the two. It's either Super Nintendo or the Nintendo 64. Uh, to me, I grew up, I played the Nintendo 64 as a kid. I would go back and play the Super Nintendo. So I would probably put, uh, you know, my. I don't know. Probably, personally, me, it's Nintendo 64, but I say it's very hard to top the Super Nintendo because, uh, Super Mario RPGs, there's so many of those great games, uh, coming out, so the Super Nintendo was the best-selling, the hottest toy of 1991. 1992 was the Barney doll. Now, I don't think I ever owned a Barney doll, and I actually didn't own the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, I played it with a friend, but I never owned one until actually I got my hands on the Classic Edition, so I was pretty excited about that. Uh, But I, I was lucky enough to have a friend down my street who actually owned the Super Nintendo. But I don't think I owned a Barney doll either, but as the TV show Barney and Friends, gained popularity, it seemed obvious that a Barney toy needed to be made. I don't remember much about that at all. 1993, it was Talkboy. This is the first thing I am completely clueless on. Uh, It had a memorable turn in Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, but the Talkboy, which records audio and plays it back on demand, was originally just an invention for the film. The man... To, uh, for it led to the toy being manufactured in real life by Hasbro. It became so popular that Hasbro had to pull ads for it because their supply couldn't keep up with the demand. Now, I remember Home Alone, and of course Home Alone 2. Uh, as a kid, I loved those movies. I think anybody who grew up that was uh, young or grew up in the 90s uh, Love the Home Alone series. Now, I still I didn't own a Talkboy. That's the first thing outside Teddy. Uh the first thing from the 90s that I did not own, a Talkboy. I didn't even realize that thing existed. I did eventually later on in life, uh probably about when I was 10, I had one of those little uh, I think they were called like tape recorders. I don't know the exact word for it, but they got a little um you get, like, these little small tapes, like, little small cassettes. They're only about the size of, uh, about the length of maybe your sum, almost the length of your sum. And uh, I would put it in, and I would, like, record everything. I was really big into Invader Zim, and I want to do eventually a uh, show about Nicktoons as well, and Invader Zim. Uh, of course, Invader Zim and Rocco, they're going to uh, have a TV movie out later this year. But uh, moving back into the topic at hand, in 1994, it was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I did own a few of these little figures. If you haven't guessed it already, toys often become popular through movies and television shows. Mighty Morphin uh, Power Rangers on the air since 1993 is no exception. The action figures based on the show were a hit. Now, I... I... Kind of got, I love Teenage uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles. I love that. But I only got into Power Rangers for just a little bit. I got really big into Pokemon, a lot of these other things. But uh, Barney and uh, the Power Rangers were two things that I just never got too much into. Now, the next thing, though, I was all in. I was pretty much ate up with this. In 1995, it was Beanie Babies. And boy, was I a beanie baby collector. I probably own, at one time, because back in 2000, they announced that once the new millennial hit, they're not going to make any more TY beanie babies, and at the time, I think there are about 350. I probably, and I'm not lying about this, I probably own 325 of the 350 that was out there. I just didn't own some of the original rare ones that were going for, like $300, $400, $300, 400 as well as some of the Beanie Bears. The bears were more uh, popular and more pricey back then. I uh, didn't get the Canadian bear. I think there was a London bear, an Ireland bear, just because, well, you know, you had to travel to the country to get it, so that made it, 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 it just completely uh, impossible to get. Also, eBay, when eBay first came out, I remember, like, as a kid, I would go on eBay, and I would go nuts. The two, uh, from what I can remember, I love Bones. He was like a uh, some kind of dog. I forget what kind of dog he was. I can't think of, uh, I think it was Inch. It was an inchworm. He was like a colored inchworm. I loved that one for some reason. And also Humphrey the Camel. I loved Humphrey the Camel. Why? I'm not really quite sure, but as a kid, when I was five, six years old, I just, I had to get those two, and I uh, eventually did get those two. But they uh they have a bunch of them now. Now they have license where they have SpongeBob. They pretty much ruined the brand. And plus, Beanie Babies, there's just so much other stuff you can do now. But back in the day, I got really big into Beanie Babies. But the uh, collectible stuffed animals still leave its mark on pop culture. Creator Ty Warner retired certain types of dolls at his whim artificially inflating their prices. It worked for a while. Some of them have been valued at thousands of dollars, and at one point, they accounted for 10% of eBay sales. Yeah, Uh, like I said, eBay, Beanie Babies on eBay used to be really big. I can't even tell you what the hot thing is now. I know some people go out and collect... You know, like rare memorabilia, sports memorabilia, but Beanie Babies were like the thing on eBay. I remember as a kid back in the 90s, you'd log on to eBay and it would have a car. It would have like, I think, a video game system or something else or a VCR or TV. And then the last thing they would show at the top of eBay's header on their website was a damn Beanie Baby. So uh, there were a lot of fun to uh, collect and stuff like that. I have to say... Me and my mom, uh, we're really close, and I have really Beanie Babies, T.Y. Beanie Babies to thank for that. Uh, Just a lot of fun. Me and my mom would go out on the weekends after I'd get done, you know, go to school, and then uh, go and collect these damn things. When they'd have a new batch of them, I'd go on the website and be like, new Beanie Babies out now for March uh, 1997. There's eight of them. Go collect them. And especially... When McDonald's had the teeny beanies, I believe they were called, uh, the little small T.Y. Beanie Babies and the Happy Meals. Uh it was crazy because as a kid, it was really fun, but I realized that was my first experience that, hey, kid, life is going to suck, people are assholes, because uh, they had the cops up there at our local McDonald's, like, there were so many people trying to sell these on eBay, and, um... It was just nuts. It was nuts. You would go around and there were just lines of people. You would think that McDonald's were handing out uh, a big Mac with a blow job. There was just look, people would line up. It was just crazy how many people got involved in this and when hallmart Hallmart used to be really big in selling TY Beanie babies, they would have uh, people would line up. You would think uh, basically kind of today it's like how people line up to watch the new Star Wars movie or line up to get a new video game console. No, people were just lining up to get T Y Beanie Babies, but just a lot of fun. Uh, eventually it would lead to, that was the first thing I really truly collected. Now I collect, uh, baseball uh, stadium giveaway bobblehead which by the way I do eventually want to do a video on that as well on YouTube probably it doesn't really fit into maybe I'll do something for the win streak if you're into sport, check out the win streak if you're into uh uh Politic, check out Next Generation America. That's the other two podcasts I do. And I remember this very well because my sister was born in 1996 and uh, she had one. I believe I might have got one also, but I ended up giving it to her. But uh, Tickle Me Elmo. Of course, Tickle Me Elmo based on the Sesame Street character, Tickle Me Elmo became a surprise hit. By the end of 1996, customers cleaned out more than one million units of the toy, and damn, that thing was annoying. I don't know if I can do my uh, Elmo on here. <laughs> Uh, that damn thing drove me nuts because my sister, just being a little infant that she was, she thought that thing was so funny. Go around the house. <laughs> that tickles. Oh, my God. That drove me nuts. I'm sure that drove so many uh, parents to almost want to drown their kids in <laughs> Uh And 1997 here. Never got into it. I never bought one, but McDonald's would end up selling on in their Happy Meal, uh, Tamagotchi. Never bought one in a store. Never got into this. I can honestly say I I know everything on the list. And I even know this, too, because I was seven at the time. Never got into Tamagotchi. But Tamagotchis were handheld digital pets that people could uh, play with and feed because they needed constant attention to stay healthy and nourished. They took over the country's attention span for a while. By 2010, 76 million units were sold, but the franchise mostly lives on now in Nintendo DS and smartphone games. I I think the reason I never got into Tamagotchi because by that time... I, I had my Game Boy. I believe the Game Boy Color might have came out in 97. If not 97, was 98. We'll, we'll look here in a minute what 98 was. But uh, never got into it. Never got into that. I was I did get into Pokemon really big, so that's where I spent a lot of my time. You were either Tamagotchi or Pokemon. There were some people that did both, but I just didn't have the attention span for both, Bob. Uh 1998, I'm sure most of you guys can probably get this one. Furby. This is another thing I had no, I, That probably the reason why I'm such a cynical adult, because I just never understood Furby. Like, Furby just, uh, they freak. freaked, there was some kids that really got freaked out about it. Uh, I just found them really incredibly stupid. I didn't get what was so good about on were talking in some gibberish language. Uh, for a toy, the talking eyelid moving Furbies were pretty expensive at $35. My God, I didn't realize they were $35. That even makes it more stupid to have a Furby. <laughs> uh, but they sold 40 million units in their first three years of release. Now, I don't know who made the Furbies here. Uh, I, don't, I think Hasbro eventually bought the company that made Furbies, but I don't think Furbies Actually, was owned by Hasbro. Hasbro might have not even bought the damn thing, but those things were really popular uh, in 1998. You couldn't go anywhere. I believe I eventually did own a Furby as well, but the same reason I owned a uh, Tamagotchi, it was in a McDonald's Happy Meal. And uh, yeah, who, who? Surprise, surprise. No wonder I got the 300. 300- <laughs> no wonder I've had to lose 110 pounds to get down to 165 here. Uh 1999, I remember this. I was really caught up in the craze here, enjoyed the mobile phone uh, game, even though I, I'll call it a, more of a mobile phone app than a game because Pokemon Go was pretty shallow as a game. But in 1999, it was Pokemon Merchandise. In the 90s, Pokemon established itself as one of the biggest franchises in the world. The Game Boy uh, game in 1996 was one of the most popular on the platform, of course. uh, Red and Blue, and then they had Yellow come out a little bit later. And the anime TV show... Debuted in 1998. In 1999, the franchise reached a fever pitch between the game, trading cards, and other merchandise. It had the most toys sold during the holiday season that year. And, uh, yeah, I went nuts. I'll never forget. I was, I believe, in 1999, I was in third grade. And I was sitting outside of a hallway waiting for uh, class to start. And uh, this guy and girl, they were both just sitting there, they're talking away at something. I was like, what the hell are they doing? I saw like, you know, I thought they had baseball cards. And uh, the Pokemon cards, I really, that's the thing that got me hooked on. I know some people got hooked on the TV show first or the video game, but I got really big into the cards. And then somebody informed me because I I wasn't popular as a kid. I was a total nerd. But you know, you, you didn't have the internet really back then to say like, hey nerd. You know, since you're not picking up chicks, uh, here's what you uh, you know here's what you want to do with your life to you know <laughs> to avoid social situations. And uh, somebody showed me. They were like, oh, you know, there's a Pokemon game on your uh, Game Boy. And I was like, there is. So I rushed out and I got the Game Boy. Really big into cards. Really big into the video game. I got a little bit into the anime thing here. Curse, uh, of course, Burger King would come out with the um, Pokemon toys. They would come out in a little Pokeball. You'd open it up and see what toy you had. I believe there was over a hundred of them. Uh, that was probably the Teeny Beanie, the Pokemon. And the 101, uh, what are they, Down Nations, uh, those, those little things that came out at McDonald's, those were my three favorite things just because there were so many of them. And I think the even the Beanie Babies had like three, uh, 30 of them. But I believe the other two, uh, 101, and uh, well, 101, I believe, had 101 dogs you could collect. Uh, and uh, Pokemon, I believe, had about 40, I believe, 45. I don't think it was all Pokemon. I don't think it was 100. 152 of the original Pokemon, but I think it did maybe go up to 65 different Pokemon. Uh, I I can't exactly remember. And of course, there was a Pokemon movie, uh, Pokemon uh, 2000, I believe it was. I actually went and saw that in theater with my best friend at the time. And they had a little hologram uh, Mewtwo, a little trading card. I believe I might still have it somewhere. I I would love to find it because I'm sure it's probably worth something. But it's a little hologram that they show, card that they show in the movie. I got uh, as a kid, and like I said, I had so many Pokemon cards. I had some of the Japanese Pokemon cards as well. But uh, probably about 2001, I got out of it. I never got into uh, Yu Gi Oh. I was like, Pokemon was enough for me. I- I'm moving on. Uh, in 2000, here I started going. I started going against the trend here. So I. I'm going to find it very hard, maybe one thing, probably the Wii in 2006, probably the only thing that I'm going to own from 2000, because I I rebelled against society, I was too cool to follow all the popular kids, I was uh, charting my own own, uh, path, (laughs) but in 2000, it was the Razor Scooter, I remember these, never owned one, but then again, I was like over 250 pounds by fifth grade, so... My ass was going to break one of those things. But uh, the foldable uh, simple-to-use scooters got kids off their Game Boys and out on the street, except for me because I was too cool. In 2001, Bratz dolls. Now, obviously, I didn't get into Bratz dolls here, uh, but my sister did. I do remember Bratz was very popular in 2001. In 2001, Barbie finally... uh, Relinquished its crown as the top-selling toy geared towards girls. Bratz dolls have distinguished, distinguishedly uh, big heads, skinny bodies, and fashion-forward outfit. And their first five years, they sold 125 million products worldwide. Uh, My sister also got into. It was the smaller version of Barbie. It was Polly Pocket. Uh, you had, like, a little thing. You would literally just carry this thing in your pocket, and you could open it up, and there's a the little girl, the little doll, and you'd have, like, little tables and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I would sometimes, I'd play with my, uh, you know, a sister with her toys and stuff like that. I I wasn't really playing. What I'd more do is go in there and uh, just tear up her house and <laughs> stuff like that. I was a little bastard. <laughs> but, uh, the brat dolls, but she had this like miniature house and then she had this big giant thing, little tykes, I believe it was, or uh little people. I don't think that's the official. That's what we called it. But they had like a little guy and, They'd have fake furniture and stuff like that, and I'd just go in there and just tear the whole thing down. She'd make the kitchen and make the living room, and I'd go in there and just have him body slam. I never got into wrestling, but I had him, like, body slam, you know, the wife on the kitchen table and stuff like that. I was a little domestic violence kid. (laughs) In 2002, uh, Beyblade, never even heard of this thing. Uh, The toy let you launch spinning tops on the ground and battle other tops by smashing into them. Okay, now it dawns on me. They became so popular that they spawned a television series. Now, I do remember those, and I remember the huge outcry, because I was in the intermediate building that's, uh, I think it was like 5th going on 6th grade here, and they banned them from my local school, Uh, my local public school. I went to school here in Fairfield, Ohio. And uh, they said, no, these kids are putting their eyes out with this damn thing. Uh, all this stuff, trying to scare parents. Uh, but I never heard. I, I know a few people got hurt. But like I said, the media, especially the local media, oh, my God, they try to scare parents on anything just to keep them from watching. Uh, 2003 and 2004, it was Robo RoboSapien, uh, the remote control toy robot. Has a bunch of pre-programmed move. The commercials made them seem like the toy of the future, and they sold more than 1.5 million units in 2004 alone. I didn't realize they were called Robosapien. Nice. I knew them as a uh, different name. Maybe I looked at the off-brand here. Never owned that. Never did Beyblades either. Those two things uh, never interested me. And like around that time, I. Uh, Got a, a hack, or what are those things called? A hacky sack, I believe it was. I would do that. Pogs kind of came back a little bit. Back in the 90s, I love Pogs. Anybody knows who that is? It's just little, you know, little chips that you flip and stuff like that. I was big into Pogs. Oh, my God. I had a huge collection of Pogs. Uh, in 2005, I, I take that back. My first thing that I actually owned, I lined up at Toys R Us. In 2005, on launch day, to get this sucker. In 2005, it was the Xbox 360. And for me, yeah, I grew up a Sega fan. That's why I moved over to Xbox, because Xbox is pretty much the spiritual successor of the uh, Dreamcast. Let's be honest. let the Follow-up for, um, well, I guess original Xbox was the spiritual successor to uh, the Dreamcast. But then Xbox kind of... Uh, kind of, you know, took the path that Sega was taking down. Sega fans kind of like, well, I hate Sony, I hate Nintendo, so Xbox is the new kid on the block, so they, did, they didn't they play a hand in killing uh, Sega, so let's all become X-heads. And uh, the Xbox 360, Microsoft rushed the Xbox 360 gaming console, the product, to beat the Sony, PlayStation 3, and Uh, at the market it worked the Xbox sold 1.5 million units by the end of the year and indeed the Xbox 360 without a doubt the greatest Xbox uh, so far outside of I I loved it because it had better games uh, than the original Xbox the original Xbox that was something that it suffered from it didn't have a lot of uh, great original exclusive titles and Xbox One, let's be honest, Xbox Microsoft has pretty uh, botched the Xbox One launch, and they're still playing catch up here, seeing how much the PlayStation Four has greatly outsold the Xbox One. Pretty much highlights everything you need to know about that. But the Xbox 360 was just amazing. There are so many great games that came out. I mean, Gears of War premiered on there, uh, Dead Rising premiered on there. So many games. I, I really shouldn't start naming on off just because I know I'm. I'm going to forget a bunch of great games. I mean, at launch title, my favorite launch game, though, and I played the hell out of this, and it scared the hell out of me, too, but Condemned? Criminal Origin, just amazing game. If you like scary games, please go check it out. Condemned, Criminal Origins, a great game. Amp 3, I really enjoyed that. I'm not big in a snowboarding game, but I had a blast playing that game. For some reason, I just really liked it as a kid, as well as Gun. Gun was a really fun game as well. It was a Western game before Red Dead Redemption came out. Uh, if you like Red Dead Redemption, like I said, though, that game's so old, Uh, Made back in 2005, that probably doesn't hold up that well now, but really good game at the time. Uh, I was really, I was excited about Cameo, The Elements of Power, and of course Perfect Dark Zero. Those two things end up being turds, sadly. Uh, Call of Duty 3 came out at launch as well, I played the hell out of that. But the Xbox 360, for me, I think that might be my favorite gaming console of all time. Uh, I I have fond memories of my 360, and I can already say right now, I have better memories with my 360s than my Xbox One, Uh, without a doubt, without a doubt. 2006, I'm surprised by this. I thought it was going to be the Wii, It's actually the PlayStation 3. Uh, the PlayStation 3 did all right for itself in 2006. It sold 340 or 3,400 uh, units in the United States in its first week of release and a total of 80 million units in its various iterations by 2013. But the uh, Xbox 360 Head Start greatly helped the Xbox. Of course, the Red Ring of Death did not help Microsoft caused at all, left uh, opened up the door for PlayStation. Sony did a great job with the PlayStation 3 because they were in a nightmare scenario here. After 2006, uh, the Xbox was just beating its brains in. And then The Last of Us happened. Uh, Uncharted happened. Uh, Infamous happened. These three games put the PlayStation 3 that looked like it was dead in the water back on the map, and uh, PlayStation 3 had just a remarkable comeback in uh, in America here. And I was wrong about this, too. Maybe the Wii was never the hot... It was one of the hottest selling items. I know that because you could not find a Nintendo Wii uh, for the 2006 holidays, and I believe even the 2007 holiday as well. But in 2007... It was the Nintendo DS here, and I'm really shocked by this, because the Nintendo DS came out in 2004, and uh, I love that damn thing. The first game I got for my Nintendo DS, I remember, I think I uh, had it pre-ordered, or I went to Toys R Us for this. I never went to Toys R Us at any other time outside of game launches. I don't know why I ended up at Toys R Us, I guess, because Best Buy... Uh, Circuit City, if anybody can remember Circuit City, they would always have all the eBayers uh, stand out out front in their camping gear, uh, waiting for the console, and I would always show up too late. There would be Asshole Deep, it would be about 30 people, my, go over to my Toys R Us, and nobody was there. There would be absolutely nobody. So I got my Nintendo DS there, and I got Field of Magic XXXY, uh, a really weird game, go YouTube it. Uh, It's from the guy who created Sonic the Hedgehog uh, from Sega. Of course, you know, me being a Sega cuck, I have to, to, you know, my first Nintendo DS game has to be Sega. But the uh, gaming platform continued to take over the toy market with the Nintendo DS, the biggest update to Nintendo's handheld device. Since the Game Boy, the dual screen touchscreen system became the most popular handheld system in history, selling 154 million units. Now, here we go, another video game console. And Notice how we went from, you know, plastic toy to video game systems now. We're finally... It's where the uh, generation switched here, where technology took over. And it w- it used to be toys. Now technology is toys. Pretty interesting here. The Switch happened in '05, and we haven't had a non-video game system uh, since '05 here. Let's see if we uh, get one on the list here. But 2008, uh, finally it shows up here. The Nintendo Wii. Uh, I-, I-, I liked it, kind of, but it got old after a while. I know... A lot of people, uh, non-gamers, really had a blast with the Nintendo Wii U. I got the uh, Wii U, or the Wii Fit, uh, not the Wii U, my bad, Nintendo Wii if I said the Wii U. Uh, it was Nintendo Wii. The Wii U's not showing up here because the Wii U was just, uh, P.U., it was not good at all. Uh, it did not sell great at all. Um, but the Nintendo Wii Wii. I end up getting a Wii Fit where you had the little balance board and all that stuff. And it was fun, but the thing is, the novelty weared off of the whole thing pretty quick. Uh, The first game I had for it was the uh, Rayman uh, Raving Rabbids, I believe it was called, and you get to swing around the cow. Also, I got uh, Red Steel, I believe it was. It was the ninja game where you take out and you get the sword fight. That one was cool. Never got uh, Mario Galaxy. I know a lot of people say that was a great game, but uh, by about 2008 09, I gave up on the n- Nintendo Wii. I got it on launch day back in 2006, and it got really popular in 08. But after 08, I said, I'm done with the Nintendo. I'm just going with the 360, and sometimes I'll play my PlayStation 3. But Nintendo Hot Streak was uh, unabated. The Wii was released in 2006 and continued to sell a huge amount of units for years, selling more than 13 million units by the end of 2008 in the United States alone. And I'll be honest with you, folks. I'm surprised that the Wii, in the end, didn't outsell the PlayStation 2. The PlayStation 2 is still the number one selling console of all time. Uh, 2009, our first non-video game uh, product here that was the top toy in 2009, and I do remember this, never owned one. I think I have seen somewhere. somewhere. My sister might have owned one because my sister's like... Seven years younger than me, but it's the Zuzu Pets, uh, the adorable plush robotic pets originally called Go-Go Hamsters in the UK, became a huge fad during Christmas season. They originally retailed for $9, but demand pushed them up to $60 each with just 60 people employed in the United States. Its parent company, SEPTA LLC, made a tidy profit. Uh, That's really interesting here. Uh, I do remember that just vaguely, Zuzu Pets. I remember those annoying uh, commercials that came out. In 2010, Apple finally makes the list here with the iPad. The iPad revolutionized touchscreen computing for everyone and in Christmas season, it was a huge hit as a gift offering a lot of games for kids. The tablet sold 300,000 units on its first day of release. Of course, the iPad uh, would, uh, I believe Steve Jobs would pass away the following year after the iPad. I own the original iPad, and I got one a couple years ago. I think it was the iPad Air Um I'm not a big iPod iPad fan. Uh I actually stuck I stuck around with my iPod longer than my iPad. Uh, Let's just say that. But when my phone broke, I broke my phone uh in September of 2016 and that completely sucked. I was stuck using an iPad for about 3 4 months. Uh, not fun at all carrying around a huge iPad trying to talk to people. Uh, let's just say I annoyed the shit out of anybody who tried to contact me. In 2011, it was LeapPad Explorer. Uh, this is another technology uh, thing here. Uh, never, It was a little kid thing. I don't remember it being that popular, but it was. The learning company LeapFrog designed a tablet just for kids, priced at about $100 and full of educational games. It made a lot more sense to give to kids as a holiday gift than a iPad, and it's pretty funny, because now, you just give your kids a damn iPad, but LeapPad, uh, I guess I kind of remember that, and then all, there was just so many companies that tried, I think Hasbro came out with one as well, now this shocks me here, because 2012, it was the Wii U, I didn't realize the Wii U, I guess at the start, it did sell enough consoles to be number one here, and then it just absolutely crashed, but the Wii U was the top selling item in 2012, Nintendo Wii U uh, update had better hardware to compete with the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 and offered a touchscreen handheld controller. Gamers loved it, and it sold more than 3 million units by the end of 2012. They didn't love it too much because uh, it it was Nintendo's worst-selling uh, product outside of the Virtual Boy, the worst-selling console Nintendo has ever done. The, the Nintendo Switch already is way better than the Wii U. That's the only console from Nintendo that I didn't buy on launch day because I bought on launch day the Switch, the GameCube, the Wii, and, and those three. And like I said, I was too... I wasn't born yet for the Nintendo Entertainment System as the Super Nintendo, when it came out, I was only one year old. So obviously... I don't think I uh, would have had any use for the Super Nintendo back then. And 2013, it was really shocking. I do remember this one: Big hugs, Elmo. Elmo made a comeback here, and uh, this life size and life size for a kid, Elise. Elmo toy hugged you back when you hugged it. It could also sing, dance, and talk like Tickle Me Elmo nearly two decades earlier. It represented the continued popularity of Sesame Street to uh, children here. I do remember this. um, I don't think my sister got one of those. I'm trying to remember. I have seen them. They were all over. It was really surprising how Elmo made a comeback here because it was like, This is number one? What are you talking about? Are you talking about Tickle Me Elmo? And people are like, no, no, there's a new Elmo. It's uh, Big Hugs Elmo. In 2014, it was Elsa Doll. The movie Frozen was just released in November 2013, and it didn't just dominate the box office. It dominated the toy industry. For the following year, Ulfa uh, plushes and Frozen castle doll sets sold like hotcakes, but out of every toy, the Elsa doll was queen. Disney's merchandise uh, arm had nearly $4 billion in sale in 2014. And Frozen merchandise was the biggest part of that, of course. Frozen, you couldn't go anywhere that year. You still really can't. Frozen 2 is coming out here pretty soon. And all I got to say to any parent listening right now, I-, I wish you guys the best. I really do. But, uh, you know, it was a decent movie. I watched it with my uh, ex, and it, it was, well, at the time she was my girlfriend, but, you know, it, it was an okay movie. It was okay. I don't see what made it, oh my God, that special here. But then again, it wasn't market, marketed toward for guys and, you know, for a college dude. It just, you know, I, I was not the demographic. But it wasn't, it didn't make me want to pull my hair. But at the same time, I still don't understand why Let It Go was as popular as it was. Sometimes in life, shit's a mystery and why things become popular. Well, every day on the internet, we see trending videos and we're just like, why the hell is that popular? But that is life. But uh, Elsa Doll, the first doll on the list since, uh, what was that, 2001 when... uh, we had Bratz doll, so that's very interesting. And uh, here we're getting closer to 2017 here. Obviously, 2018 hasn't happened uh, yet, the holiday, so we don't know 2018. But the uh, in 2015, it was BB-8, Star Wars toy droid. Uh, Disney had another hit on its hand with a rolling BB-8 toy from Star Wars The Force Awakens that sold out on its first day of availability. According to... NPD Group, a market research firm that tracks toy sales. The toy spurred growth for the entire toy industry in 2015. It also forever changed uh, Spiro, the toy company that designed it. Now, once again, I just never got into Star Wars here. Uh, I just never got into it. But I do remember that toy. I do remember, for some oddball reason, there seem to be a lot of YouTube videos of uh, dogs going nuts. Uh, just awful owners were annoying their dogs with the saying, which, you know, I should call an awful. If I had one, I would aggravate the hell out of my ferrets. Uh, <laughs> just because my ferrets are, uh, well, assholes. And 2016, it was Hatchimals. Never heard of Hatchimals. And that was just two years ago. And the Nintendo Entertainment System. We got a tie here. Of course, I know the original Nintendo Entertainment System. The popularity of that came out of really nowhere. A lot of people went nuts over it, and it was extremely hard to find. But, uh, you know, the two most popular toys seem to be Hatchimals, and interactive egg that hatches into a toy you if you care for it. And the NES Classic, a re-release of Nintendo's 1988 A Nintendo Entertainment System with 30 preloaded games like Super Mario Bros. and The Legend of Zelda. And for uh, last year here is the Super Nintendo Entertainment uh, Classic Edition was one of the top selling things as well. Uh, So those were the last, uh, what was that, from the hardest to find toy from each holiday season since 1983. Uh, really interesting. I know once again, I'm super either how you, how you look at, I'm either super early or super late doing this, but I just thought this is a really fun topic to talk about here. It's January. Uh, not a lot of video game news to report about. Not a lot of, uh, you know, I don't really watch movies that much. Just busy doing a bunch of other stuff. Uh, my keeping up to date on sports and politics pretty much sucks time, uh, to do other things on this show here, but it was a, it was a fun thing, uh, you know, uh, send me an email at soaringjetsproduction at gmail.com, or tweet me at Corey Foyster, and, uh, give me a suggestion, a topic you want to hear about, and we'll do it on the Gamer Journal, but this was episode 19 of the Gamer Journal, uh, follow the show on YouTube. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. That is Soaring Jets Production on YouTube, facebook.com slash Soaring Jets. Also, I'm your host, Corey Foyster. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Foyster. That is C-O-R-E-Y-F-O-I-S-T-E-R. Until next time, game on, everybody.